1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we have some news updates for you across NWSL and an NWSL midweek preview for you all. But before we get into all that, a quick reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube for NWSL extended highlights, exclusive interviews and our live recaps and so much more. YouTube.com slash Attacking Third hit subscribe it helps us out big time content no we are going to be live on youtube thursdays at 10 a.m eastern time to recap wednesday's midweek matches for nwsl and preview the nwsl weekend ahead so again hit subscribe that helps us out and you'll always get an alert whenever we go live and you can join us in the live chat and let us know how you're feeling lisa it's another one it's another midweek match that we gotta we gotta preview for everybody
0: it's only one. Last week it was
1: four. We had a lot to go yeah. through.
0: Only one this week. That's that's how it's looking for the next few weeks. We got one match on Wednesday, um, which gives us a little bit of flexibility in this episode to talk about some news, talks about some updates in the league and around the world, which I'm excited about because we haven't been able to do that a lot recently. But yeah, just one match for NWSL and then back yeah. at it in the weekend. So this is where, when you look at the standings for the NWSL, it's interesting when you look at like games played and and matches in hand because these wednesday games and wednesday match days are what's going to hopefully help even that out a little bit because five is the most played with san diego has that racing louisville orlando but then three so many teams have only played three games chicago gotham north carolina so because of that, that really needs to even out a little bit and make the standings a little bit more comparable from one another. So that's what will happen a little bit as, as we move on to this, but we've got a lot of news to talk about
1: for sure. I know. I'm glad you brought that up. It has, it's been like a really, it's just been a really match heavy schedule as of late. We, we kicked off this month, uh, you know, obviously with the challenge cup overlap and then the regular season kicking off. So there, there hasn't been a chance for us to stand and be like, let's, Take a look at some news and and chat a little bit about uh, some things that are going on around the league. Kansas City Current uh, staying in in the news. We're going to kick off there. They announced a recent hire of Allison Howard as the first president in club history. She will oversee all business operations and report directly to ownership. She is joining the club. After a 10 year career with the Los Angeles Lakers, she spent the last five years serving as vice president of corporate partnerships, co-owner uh, Kansas city co-owner Ellie Angie long saying, if you continue to just do things the same way you've always done them and not a lot changes. So, uh, first, uh, p- first person to be hired in this newly, uh, kind of created role, I think in, uh, in Kansas city current, they're, um, Maybe this is considered uh, like a a very much like a a sports hire, right? Uh, We saw San Diego Wave make uh, headlines when they started coming into the mix, uh, announcing Jill Ellis as club president and now Allison Howard for Kansas City Current as club president as well. I think uh, when you have people in this role, say specifically women in this role, I think, you know, it it gets a lot of attention, quite frankly, Uh, good attention. Honestly, when you're looking at uh, people in the role, I mean, 10 years with the Los Angeles Lakers, that's yeah. a, not, not a little franchise. <laughs>
0: no, not at all. I mean, this is a, a big move. Kansas City has been very vocal that with their ownership that they have, they want to be the best club in the NWSL and really be paved the way for what women's soccer can look like in the United States because they have uh, their brand new practice facility that's right on the river, $15 million or so. We're, we're seeing glimpses of it on their social media about being built. I know Lola Bonta posted about looking at the facility and the grounds and everything. So they have this entire w- women's facility that's being built. And yeah. now they hire someone like Allison Howard, who has a great pedigree and a history of getting things done, frankly, like making deals happen, bringing in money for clubs, whether it was the Lakers and now Kansas City Current. But I think this is a great step in in the right direction for like Angie, Chris Long, Brittany Matthews. They, these are people that want to make a difference in the women's soccer community and they're doing it And, and they're not just saying it, they're actually putting action to it. And I think this is another great step for them in hiring Allison Howard. I also just
1: really like that uh, that you have people with this type of experience taking a look at the National Women's Soccer League and saying, yes, that is a move that I want to make for myself professionally right Mm now. We're talking about someone who's, like I said, is coming from the Lakers, but was with them for a decade. Uh, And the fact that, you know, there has maybe been this perception before that roles within women's professional soccer are perhaps considered what, you know, would be like quote unquote stepping stones. And that's always like really annoying as like for, for me as someone who's in the space and, and kind of committed to to this space in a different way and perhaps, and maybe others perceive it. And I've always hated that, you know, just sort of seeing that being like, no, like, this is like, a, this is a real thing that is being built that is, you know, should be taken uh, seriously. And when you announce a hire like this, and then you sort of go through the background of of some of these people, and you see it's like, wow, like okay, so ten a decade with an NBA franchise, and not just any NBA franchise, but but the Lakers, and seeing a person and having this role, and them saying. Yes, this is absolutely a league, a place, a role, a profession that I want to uh, continue to be in and, and grow and develop. And, and it, it was it was cool to see in the release that, you know, obviously there's been a lot of conversations privy to to announcing this hire. But, uh, you know, I love that she has a lot of enthusiasm for things already. Mentioning that the stadium facility that they're going to be building um, already, that's that's so very clearly, uh, the some one of the, like the big picture points, you know, in the, in their overall vision, and uh, I love that. Uh, just sounds like she's locked in and ready to ready to get rolling for the current here. Let's take a look at uh, some other news though from angel city this one i know we're excited about lisa we were chatting a little bit off mic about it and we were like so excited to be able to talk about this and we were so happy that this dropped before we got together to to record but angel city announcing a two-year partnership with liga mx feminil side tigres feminil. it is the first nwsl partnership with liga mx femenil it's a two-year partnership going to be a feature first cross-border relationship of its kind between clubs in North America's two biggest women's soccer league and the partnership is going to uh, include two friendly so the first one is going to be held this year in LA at Bank of California Stadium on August 10th and the second one uh, will have a day and a time announced but that will be uh, taking place in 2023 and uh, Tigres are going to host that one in Monterrey Mexico
0: I love this partnership. This is the first of its kind between an NWSL team and a Liga maxa team. Um, But it's not the first time that NWSL has played Mexican teams because we know that Houston has done that in years past. Most recently, they did it in this preseason leading up to the 2022 year. But this partnership that will span two years, of course, it has – It's centered around the game, which is pretty cool because there are going to be two friendlies, one in L.A. and one in Mexico, which allows fans to L.A. fans and American fans to see this Mexican team and be able to see these players and what they're doing and and help grow that league. And also when Angel City travels to Mexico to play them. Then it just grows the NWSL, grows the game overall. It's really pretty cool to see. And and besides just the game and focusing on that, um, one of the press releases mentioned that there's going to be other activities like best practices in sport, business, social responsibilities. But the major focus is the community impact during these events and during these games engaging with fans having community groups engaging with local soccer clubs this yeah. is how we grow the game this is exactly it by having partnerships across leagues across countries um this is huge and and it brings familiarity for the players and the fans and everyone across the the two countries and the continent
1: yeah and honestly it's it's just um Quite frankly, it's it's showing a level of respect. You know, um, Liga MX Pemineal is 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 a young league. Uh, It's only in its sixth season, um, six or seven season, excuse me. Uh, But there has been teams and development amongst players out there that have, uh, you know, has grown pretty, pretty rapidly. Uh, And when we're looking at just this franchise specifically at Tigres Femenil, you're talking about a club that has already won four league championships within this very young, young league. And um, we have seen something growing over over the course of, of more recent years. And there has been these small kind of uh, mini tournaments within an NWSL season. We've seen the women's ICC taking place usually in in August. And then we saw the inaugural uh, the Women's Cup take place hosted by by Racing Louisville. And that's also going to continue in 2022 as well. They have uh, opened and expanded that competition and have uh, acknowledged and invited a team uh, in Club América to to represent Liga Max femenil in in that mini tournament, but prior to this year, in years prior, as some of these things were getting founded, there there was no um, inclusion. Of any Liga MX feminine teams, and um, when I know with the ICC, some of the the uh, criteria is that it has to be a championship-winning side to be included and involved. Mm-hmm. Well, Tigres feminine has been winning championships for the last several years, you know, and they're not involved in that. So um, there's uh, it's always been some combination of Portland, who has been very competitive, or North Carolina, who who have won the ICC as well. Um, Houston Dash got invited. Uh, due due to them winning the Challenge Cup in 2020, Barcelona has featured, Lyon has featured and this year will feature uh, Chelsea and Barcelona as the European sides entering uh, the fray. But uh, you were talking about um, for me, that was something that uh, that kind of resonated with me. I was like, well, this is not just really, really cool, but there's a a certain level of acknowledgement and respect here from from Angel City uh, saying, like, listen this is one of the best leagues in the world and it's right next door uh, to us. And let's engage in this, uh, in this let's make it official. Essentially let's make this partnership yes. official. It was a great point that you brought up about Houston dash being a team that has already played a number of Liga femenil t- teams uh, at some point. They've, they've played Tigres before they've gone to Mexico to play Tigres before they've played uh, Rayadas in, in Monterrey as well. And then we talked a little about this preseason with, with club America, but you know, th- there wasn't anything that was like actually, you know, written or presented or put in paper. And uh, now, I think maybe this is a, is an official two-year partnership. They know they're going to have games over the next two years and a lot of other great events uh, surrounding the two matches. Uh, But I think if depending on the success of this, which I think it will be very successful, that could lead and open the door to a, a longer, more extended partnership.
0: Oh, completely. I'm constantly impressed with angel city and what they're trying to build, what they are building in Los Angeles and growing the soccer community. I mean, this started two years ago when they announced all their investors and, and their ownership and now the product that they've been able to put out on the pitch and as an expansion club that's still trying to get their footing and make sure that they are standing on even ground in the NWSL, they're already reaching out to other leagues and, and trying to offer support and be build that partnership. I think it's huge. The confidence from Angel City is there and it's spreading and I like to see that.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, again, I love that there's more partnerships that are, are being worked out with the league that exists right next door to the United States, and that it's another franchise now because already for a handful of seasons, it's typically just been. Houston Dash that have been engaging with Liga MX femenil clubs to try to get these experiences for their players in the NWSL, but now we've got uh, Angel City involved in this as well, um, and not just involved, but like like I said, just taking it very seriously and showing a certain level of respect in terms of kind of, of formalizing uh, everything. Mm-hmm. And and they're they're a, a franchise that have had their eye on Liga MX Feminil since they got announced as an expansion city. Um, and then kind of putting their money where their mouth is, signing a player like Stephanie Ferevanguinko, who had spent time yes. in Tigres Feminil. So, you know, this... um it it's almost it almost isn't too surprising but that doesn't make it any less cool by any by any means so i love that this got announced and i'm very very excited um to see what takes place between these two teams uh in august maybe we'll we'll have to try to do our best to to include that maybe like in our preview Thank previewing yeah. of august matches as well uh we've got more news to talk about uh this time on the united states women's national team side of things time 100 most influential people have listed the us women's national soccer team and their uh, fight for equal pay as part of the 100 most influential people, Uh, Becky Sauron, Megan Rapinoe, and Alex Morgan uh, sort of being the the faces of the overall team in this one. But uh, the team as a whole and their inclusion on this list, uh, it was dope to see that. Another cool thing to see kind of drop on the timeline as well.
0: Very cool. They talked about how this fight in time, they talked about how this fight started six years ago. And, and these are the faces that have been leading it. And, and then coming to a point just two weeks ago that they won, uh, they were able to win equal pay, settle on a CBA, um, and now being honored. So not just as athletes, that's, that's the cool part, right? We've seen Times influential people be athletes that have won World Cups and done pretty incredible things on the athletic fields or courts. But the fact that Becky Sabron, Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, and, and the US national team are being honored for their fight in the in the courtroom is, is pretty cool, pretty special because it's becoming a bit more than the sport that is still affecting the play on the pitch for for equal pay.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just sort of like I think we're starting to see now just kind of uh, perhaps the, the the capping off or the other cherry on top I guess of of some of this this very very long extended fight and and quite frankly, you know, this team deserved those spoils and those those victories the, the the cover or our place in in Time magazine is is part of that. Um, it was it's so it's it, it's not any less overwhelming for me to think about the the last several years and and what we witnessed this team do. I mean, they won two World Cups. They've yeah. participated in, in, in Olympic games, walked away with a, with a bronze medal, and in between all this, you know, in an engaging in an open lawsuit with their employer while finding all of this success on the pitch and seeing the public reaction to that. I'll, I'll never forget hearing the, all the chants of, of equal pay in these like ridiculously filled packed stadiums uh, across the world. Quite frankly, it wasn't just here um, in the United States, you know, it was during, you know, the, the world cup and it was just a, uh, it's it's just incredibly moving. And it's just like a very historical thing that I'm not sure a lot of us who were just kind of bearing witness to have understand or understood the weight of it. It's it's very heavy in the best of ways. And uh, it is it is a really nice feeling to sort of be able to look at this and talk about it as something that's been resolved in, in a really yeah. good way. And I, and I love it. I love to see it. Crystal Dunn. We got to talk about Crystal Dunn, everybody. Crystal Dunn. Welcome to the little baby boy. The family has grown by one more because it's a family that's been in a, an animal family. They've had cats, they've had chickens, and now they've got a little baby boy named Marcel. Marcel Jean rare Excuse me, my French is not great. <laughs> I did my best, but I'm loving. Um, I'm loving that uh. That her and P, her husband Pierre, have uh, gone ahead and, and shared a couple of photos. It's very nice of them to to allow the public in and get a, uh, a glimpse. And uh, if you are watching us on YouTube, we've got a a great photo there for for you to take a look at. I I love I love the name. I love the uh, kind of safari kind of theme that they're going. going yes. through The giraffes, very very cute, but um, adorable. It's it's so wild to think that we were like doing preview segments and taking a look at preseasons for nwsl clubs and we saw crystal dunn participating through her pregnancy during this time and now baby marcel is here so congrats to crystal dunn and her whole entire family on the new edition you love to see it.
0: It is so exciting, so happy for Crystal, her husband, uh, baby boy coming home. This is, it's very exciting. And yeah, Sandra, you mentioned it. We know, we've known Crystal Dunn's been pregnant, right? She <laughs> just had her baby, but <laughs> she was still training what seemed like daily with the Portland Thorns uh, competing. So I'm surprised uh, Marcel didn't come out, you know, already kicking a <laughs> soccer ball or, or running around or no. something because Crystal was outshining. and and overperforming as an incredible female athlete who was pregnant, carrying a child. That was incredible to see. She's an inspiration training up until she gave birth and her plan is to be back this year, right? I mean, she's been pretty vocal about that coming back on the pitch, but, um, Crystal, enjoy being a mom, spend some time with your baby. I love to see that best wishes to them
1: and, um, enjoy your new life. Very exciting. Right. Now. I'm sure we'll get, uh, we'll get some more updates on, on Marcel. That's the other fun thing that happens when we see some of these athletes become parents, right? We see more updates from the kids. Like I, I think, um, with with Cindy Larue, I think her son is is Cassius is now like five or so, yeah. and is already like she still gives updates and and go ahead and and those, she puts some really funny stuff out there in her personal social. I'm sure we're going to go ahead and and see some more from that. But that's it for the news portion of the episode right now. We're going to be back after a quick break to preview All Rain versus Kansas City Current.
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: OL Reign versus Kansas City. Current the one game midweek action this week for NWSL. A little bit different from last week, Lisa. We had to go through a number of games for the first midweek action of the season. But just one focal point for us this week it's going to be Laura Harvey's All rain versus Matt Potters, Kansas City. This one's kicking off at 10 p.m. Eastern. You can find this one uh, on Twitch. Uh, when we're looking at these two teams, Lisa, I think the biggest thing that's standing out right now, probably the most obvious, is that these are two teams in the regular season that are still on the hunt for a win so very
0: surprising as two teams that made it to the semi-final of the challenge cup they both won yes. their their regions respectively yes, they did. And yet to take a win home in the regular season
1: so i'm gonna ask you you pointed it out are you looking at a winner in this match who is it and why
0: i am looking at a winner. Um I, I don't think this one will end in a draw. It's just, this is hard, though, because these two sides—I mean, both looking for a win—but this is just the second time that Kansas City is actually playing in Washington State, and their very first time going to Lumen Field, and and that's it. That's hard for a Kansas City side to do um, to go there and play that. When we look a little bit deeper at O'L Rain, I mean, they have. A lot of good players, great goalkeeper, but they haven't been able to find the back of the net consistently and enough. That's been their biggest struggle right now. And Kansas City – they can score, they can find ways to score. They have different ways of that, but can they keep other teams off the board? Their, their defense is one that's been having some struggles. They uh, committed an own goal last weekend against angel city um, that ended up being the game winner for angel city and Kansas city ends up losing that match. But without that, and without some really great saves by DD heritage, I think Kansas city could have really won that game against angel city. Uh, excuse me. Sorry, I almost just sneeze. This is a live recording for everyone. Um, so because of <laughs> well, that, bless you in advance, thank you. I'm going to try not to. I um, feel like a goalkeeper like Fallon Tullis Joyce. She leads goalkeepers right now in the NWSL with 21 saves. Rose Lavelle leads the rain with 11 shots, six of them on target, but they can't find the back of the net. Kansas City, they they have a lot of young, good rookies that are being very influential. Elise Bennett, Alex Luera, Jenna Weinbrenner. I think Elizabeth Ball has done tremendous. Victoria Pickett has done a really nice job in the midfield. Um, She almost plays, Victoria Pickett almost plays a little bit similar to Rose Lavelle. I mean, they're not the same player by any means, but in the terms of picking up the ball in the midfield and running, taking the space in front and, and just attacking with the ball at their feet they both players like to dribble with the ball into the attacking spaces um so okay i know we have to get to picks kansas city OL oh, well, rain i want there to be in w- a winner in this one i've gone back and forth i yeah, think that's tough
1: one, on this one I think. I think
0: kansas city can get a win in okay
1: this. i know all right lisa i like I it this like is it. a,
0: it's a little surprising, but if this regular season has shown us anything, it's that surprises can happen. And and Kansas City, they were dealt with a bit of a COVID uh, protocol last week, missing yeah. some big players, not entirely sure of their availability. That That's in terms of Lola Bonta yeah. he Williams, head coach, wasn't at the game for Angel City. Um, so those are also factors that come into play. Yeah. And I don't know that availability at this point right now. That could change things as well. if Lola bont is there, Hugh Williams is at the game. I think Kansas City definitely takes the win
1: all right. I, I like it. I think some people might listen to this and say that that's like consider that perhaps maybe like a like a bold pick, you know, but yeah. I think you've presented some some good some good cases, some good arguments here for for Kansas city i I do feel you though on on the um, The availability report, of course, we're recording this at a time where where that hasn't been uh, publicly released as of yet. So we don't have uh, any additional information on that at the moment. But uh, I think it just I think that's it's going to depend on some on some things there. How much time has passed? What what does the protocol look like for for certain players? Are certain players going to be back, but are certain players still going to be left on? And I mean, these aren't just some of these players who were out or aren't just, you know, depth players for Kansas City. We're talking about a a huge uh, low lobata sized hole for Kansas yeah. City that was missing uh, in their in their previous match. You know, what is that going to look like? um in a game like this against a team like the Reigns, so i just you know i I have been going back and forth in this one and i told myself that i i gave myself the challenge that i didn't want to choose a draw in this one um because part i was like part of the the storylines around it and i thought wouldn't it be funny if i came on attacking third and said hey here are two teams that are in search for their for their first win and i don't think they're gonna get it still which is very possible it's it's it's, (laughs) anything is possible it's nwsl right so i just am like uh but you know like similar to you going bold and and picking a picking team i'm gonna be bold as well right maybe that's a hint in terms of who i'm going with but i'm I'm gonna go with oh well uh on this one i'm looking at the rain And uh, we're we're coming towards the end of May here. So we're going to be clocking in a full month of NWSL action very, very soon. And something that we have to look at with this rain side is perhaps maybe some of their underperformance in front of net. Uh, We're watching a lot of great things unfold on the pitch for this team. Rose Lavelle has uh, been cutting things up on the field. But when we look at some of her, her stats, you know, underperforming her, her XG, her expected goals value um, right now at the moment, um, and it's just it's it's not something isn't translating. I guess is what I'm trying to say at the moment for this this OL rainside side, especially when we look at some of these uh, these numbers uh, after the matches from them, even perhaps their their most recent game um or their most recent two game whether it was that scoreless uh scoreless draw against portland thorns and washington uh, or, spirit or now a scoreless draw against the washington spirit where you know each of those teams the port portland game you talking 17 shots and i believe a, a handful or so uh, plus of of attempts on target and then this one against the spirit 20 total shot attempts eight attempts on target nothing in the back of the net and it's uh, you're seeing those numbers. And the thing that sticks out to me right away is it's not for lack of effort uh, because the numbers are telling the story that it's there. It's just that clinical finish is just lacking right now for this team. And it's hard to gauge if it's a combination of maybe if something's not working tactically, or if the other combination is just quite frankly, they snake bit, mm-hmm. which is a thing that can happen sometimes for teams um early in NWSL season. This is not uh something that's unfamiliar, I think, for for teams in the league. And I really don't think it's unfamiliar for teams who are considered the good teams, quote unquote. Those <laughs> those top elite teams, or the teams that you see in, in the playoffs or have big names on the roster in the early weeks of the season. It's definitely not unfamiliar, but it is something that is catching my eye right now. And I think it's I don't think it's unfair to maybe bring up right now if we're looking at this oil rain side and saying. We had considered them picked pretty early to be what is considered contenders uh, in in this 2022 season, and they're having struggles uh, in front of goal, and there's too many great attacking pieces uh, for that to be happening right now, but in this game, Lisa, I think perhaps it could be the game to turn things around, and I'm not saying it's going to be some type of ridiculous lopsided scoreline, but I do believe Lorraine are going to be able to pick up a win against Kansas City.
0: I, I like that you went with the rain. I like that we're going on separate sides here. Uh, oh, well, Lorraine just, they cannot score. When we look back to the last match, um, I'm going to call players out right now. Allie Watt had three chances that she needed to put away great breakaways where they got in behind Washington's back line. They, they went on goal and it's almost as if Watt slowed down. She stopped running. She was waiting for the defense to catch up to her, the defense to, to track back and get in front of her and stop her and then block her shot. Instead of going full force, you, you have a step on your opposition on a breakaway you need to keep pushing it's it's almost like yeah. they're they lose all of their energy and their um enthusiasm when they get to the final third of, of the field because defensively ol rain has been really good in the midfield they are able to control but the the final piece in, in the attacking end is not there and we yeah. also don't know we talked a lot about availability report in terms of kansas city with their covid protocol but Bethany Balser, forward for O.L. Reign, went out in that game with a bit of an injury um, wobbling around. She came off the field with the help of a trainer. She wasn't walking fully on her own. We don't know Bethany Balser's availability, and that's a huge loss. That's a huge attacking piece loss, a goal scorer for O.L. Reign that's now out of the mix. And, And we don't know if she's in or not, but I think when it comes down to... The small margins and capitalizing on mistakes, we've seen Kristen Hamilton do that for Kansas City. We've seen young rookies in Elise Bennett and Alex Luera step up and create things out of nothing. We know set-piece opportunities for Alex Luera are really good. She can put those away. They're good on set-pieces. Kristen Edmonds has done a nice job all over the pitch. Desiree Scott in the midfield can defensively hold things down for Kansas City. A.D. Franch in goal has – has consistency
1: that can stop an OL rain team yeah. that I'm sticking with Kansas city. I like it. I, that's the other side of it too, where I thought wouldn't it wouldn't be funny if I came on here and said, neither of these teams are going to get their first win still, because I was looking at the goalkeepers as well. You know, yeah. baby French. I mean, we got to talk about felon Joyce. It's just, there are two very good cape, more than capable keepers who are going to be manning the nets uh, for these two sides. So, there's a possibility that these uh, score lines could be low um, in in this match. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. You know, saying that that's not a possibility. I just hope that there is a winner in this one, and we can continue to chat about that when we have to go ahead and recap the match. But um, we'll see. I think if this one turns into, I'm curious to see if the rain will make you know, any type of tactical adjustments. Is, is this a Kansas city current side that the rain will look at and say, maybe we'll sit back a little bit and try to be a little more transitional encounter. Maybe that's something that they can do to try to spearhead these. I don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, Laura Harvey has never struck me as the type of a coach mm-hmm. to hit a panic button by any means. Um, but you want to maybe try to take a look at some different things to, get those goals in in the back of the net. Something to sort of shake things up and, and maybe perhaps, uh, you know, kind of spearhead uh, the goal scoring. Maybe you have to, change things around a little bit before you continue to to commit uh with things uh, in terms of your your regular style of play but I, I doubt it i wouldn't be surprised if we still see the team uh committed to their 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 process and uh you know committed to trying to just go ahead and uh, and get one in, in the back of the net uh but i would love to see it because you're going Kansas City and i'm going to rain i would love for us to come on back here and then talk about uh how we were right or how we were wrong but we'll see midweek action wednesday the 25th 10 p.m eastern don't don't miss it. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us on Attacking Third and listening along to our news and notes and previews. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram now at Attacking Third or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as videos. Subscribe to us, visit slash Attacking Third. If you have questions for us, you can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts with your question and we'll answer it during a mailbag segment. And we'll be back with more on Wednesday for a recap. And we'll be back on Thursday for a live recap of all of these, uh, the matches, all, all one of them Lisa. for Sandra and Lisa Roman. This was a sack. Hey
2: everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U S men's national team player and the host of the call it what you want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks by language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger.